Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Yeah, you guys can go. You guys give our worship team a round of applause. Aren't they incredible? They are amazing. Honestly, they work so hard, and I'm just floored by them all the time. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> only have like a giant stack of things here. Don't worry about this. Andrew today, he said, what? You have so much stuff. So today we're going to continue on our series, Bible Basics. Are you guys excited? Did, did you guys learn anything last week? Did you go home and confess what we talked about confessing? Crickets. All I hear are crickets. Okay, well, you're going to have to do it this week. You're going to have to write it down. Do it this week, okay? Okay. <laughs> I just heard one okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I have so many papers. I feel like, have you ever seen movies where, like, somebody's, like, holding something and running with papers flying? That's how I felt today. <laughs> All right, we're talking about grace again. And whenever I, I thought about, um, okay, I was thinking like, Lord, <laughs> what are we going to talk about this week? Are we going to talk about grace again? Uh, is there enough t- to talk about grace again? I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> silly, so silly. Um, but I went into study and I was like, oh, there's definitely lots of things to talk about grace again. <laughs> And today we're going to be talking about righteousness. And righteousness and grace uh, kind of just go together. They're, they're, uh, they work together. And so last week we talked about that we are not, it wasn't because we're good, it's because we're his, right? It's because I'm yours. It's not because I'm good, it's because I'm yours. So it's nothing that we could do to earn our place in heaven, our right standing with God, our uh, blessings. It's not, we're not earning those things. And this has been quite a challenge, I think, for me as well, because we have a tendency as just people, humans, to kind of live by the law of, like, you do good things, you get good things, you do bad things, you get bad things. Like, and of course, there are consequences for things that you do, right? There's obviously consequences, but at the same time, it's kind of like, oh, you're, you're, not, you're not walking in the will of God. And I mean, there is truth to that, and there are consequences for that. But it's been a challenge for me, and I've been in church all my life. I've been under my dad. I went to Bible school, backslid at Bible school some. <laughs> That's great, right? <laughs> but what a time to do that. <laughs> pastor's kids. <laughs> pastor's kids always got asked, are you the like the the good pastor's kid or the bad pastor's kid? Are you the goody goody or the, you know, I'm like, really? <laughs> we all sinners, okay? So <laughs> that's what we're talking about today, right? That we are all have sin in our lives. And even if we're doing righteous deeds, that does not make us righteous, right? So the way your understanding of grace is going to change everything about your life. And I think that that's what I'm beginning to realize, that I think I live in grace somewhat, but maybe I'm, I still, I think, have been like a tug of war back and forth between like, oh, well, you can step out of grace, you know, you can step in and out because you're bad or you're good. But I'm like, what? That's not grace then, right? <laughs> but, but it's like a tug of war back and forth sometimes just thinking about that because it's like, it's basically like our, our human minds cannot comprehend how big grace is. It's so big that it, it, 
it just envelops us, and we can't comprehend that, that we can't step out of it, right? <laughs> so the way that we understand grace is going to affect the way that we see God, and that's important, right? The way that we see others, how we relate to God, how we view God, how we talk to God, how we pray, um, how we view others and relate to others. Um, the grace that we extend to others is going to be based upon, you know, the way that we understand grace and receive grace for ourselves. And it affects a lot, maybe most of all, the way that we see ourselves and how we relate to ourselves when we stumble or when we slip or when we fall. We, if we, sometimes, sometimes when people stumble, slip, or fall into sin, and we're believers, we tend to, we tend to slip into like a, a shame, a shame hole, <laughs> and we can't seem to get out of it. <laughs> we're just stuck in this hole like, oh, I should have known better. Why did I do that? I, <laughs> have you, anybody ever been there? Like, why, why did I do this again? I know that this is wrong. Why did I go back to this person? Why did I go back to this thing? Why did I go back to this? Whatever it is. I mean, we've all been there in some capacity, right? There's something that we have had issues with just getting rid of. And so your understanding and your revelation and the, re the receiving of that grace that God gives you is going to change your life and how you see yourself, and how you relate to yourself, and how you can even, dare I say, forgive yourself or give yourself grace. You know, I, I mean, I've worked with, I mean, I'm, I have a ton of friends, which you guys are all my friends too, right? But there are so many times when I get messages saying like, oh, I don't feel good enough, or I can't believe I did this, or I, I, even just little things, you know, like you just were angry at your spouse, or you you yelled, or you were ugly to them, or or your kids, you were ugly to your kids, or you 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 reacted in anger and not out of love and discipline and compassion. And there's so many times that just. Even believers deal with this. It's not just unbelievers. Believers are stuck in this hole of shame and condemnation. And, and it's not God that's keeping you there. It's not God that's throwing shame or condemnation upon you. It's you <laughs> and the enemy trying to plant thoughts in your mind about yourself. But I, I don't like to blame the enemy for a lot, everything because a lot of stuff is self-inflicted. <laughs> The enemy likes to say, he, he throws fiery darts, he likes to, he likes to uh, plant stuff in your mind, but a lot of things are just simple decisions that we make, or simple ways we continue to view ourselves, like we're, we're talking about. And so we have to remember and confess that it's not because I'm good, it's because I'm yours, it's because I'm the Father's, Right? So today we're going to be talking about Romans 4, 1. So if you'll turn there with me. And it says, What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Abraham. We're going to talk about righteousness. Uh, and we're going to talk about how do you receive righteousness and what is righteousness? Does anybody know what righteousness is? Okay, pastor. Right standing with God. <laughs> so how many in here have maybe made like, since you've been a believer, you've made like one little slip, like you've done one little sin. Like why do we call it a little sin too? Like they're all sins, right? We told one little lie. It's a little one, not a big one. So it doesn't count as much. 
<laughs> a little lie doesn't. That's actually one of the six things that the Lord hates, which is interesting because we think, oh, it's a little lie, so it's okay. But no. <laughs> Has anybody else, anybody slipped up at all? Just me? All right, some, all right, some of you, okay. <laughs> if you're not raising your hand, then you're lying, and therefore you're part of this now, so here we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> if, are you righteous because you do righteous things, or do you do right things because you're righteous? Think about that. He said yes. <laughs> you do right thing. Um, look at you. I just have a great student up here in the front. <laughs> y'all remember y'all were in class and you had one student who answered every question? <laughs> That's him right here. <laughs> like, you know, like that. <laughs> you're like, gosh, can I just answer one question? <laughs> that was just, you know, people who are overachievers. <laughs> I'm, I was not. I'm just halfway there. So are you righteous because you do right things? What, is, what are right, righteous things? Because can we do righteous things like with, besides God? Like can we do, I mean, righteous things are right things, right? So we can do good deeds or right things without being righteous, right? Righteous before God, right? Yes, that's good. Thank you for not answering, sir. <laughs> Um, so the whole difference between grace and works is doing right things because because we're righteous or doing right things to try to get righteous right that's like the whole difference between grace and works but can a righteous woman or man do an unrighteous deed that's the other overachiever over here can an unrighteous person do a righteous deed Yes, but it doesn't make him righteous with God, does it? No. So let's just, I'm just going to give you a story because I want people to, I want people to go with me uh, on, on, a sto- on a story, right? Ready? So there's a man who's not a believer and he does not attend church. And he wakes up on the right side of the bed And he goes to the Starbucks, and he's in line, and someone pays for his coffee in the Starbucks line, and he finds 20 bucks on the ground outside of work. Anybody excited about this day? This is already a good day for him, right? (laughs) He goes to work. He gets an incredible promotion, and he is just on top of the world. He is so excited. And so he goes for a walk after he gets home from work. He goes for a walk, and on the walk, he sees some kids playing, and they kick a ball to him, and he grabs it, and he throws it back, and he, he even stops to hang out and play with them a little bit, right? So then he's, he goes along his way, on his walk, and he sees an old lady. She drops some of her groceries on the ground. He helps her pick them up. These are all good deeds, right? These are really awesome. These are awesome things. He even takes the bags and he walks with her to her house, to, to the rest of the way to her house, and, you know, has a nice chat with her. <laughs> then he sees a homeless man as he continues to walk back to his house and he gives him $100. And he, and he, even, he even takes, let's just say he even takes him down the street and he has a meal with him. He even has a meal with this homeless man at a restaurant, gives him $100, is so excited about his promotion, his day. Those are all good deeds, right? Right, okay. So let's say there's a guy who is a believer and he attends church. Okay, we're not going to say what church. (laughs) He has a terrible day. He wakes up on the wrong side of the bed He spills his coffee on himself. He has no change of clothes. He gets to work. He gets laid off. Oh, mercy. Exactly. So he gets home from, he gets home, oh, grace, right? (laughs) He gets home from work and he goes for a walk because he is just mad. He's just going to clear his head. And he sees some kids and their ball rolls to him and he kicks it into the street and it goes under under a bus and it pops and the kids are crying, and he just keeps walking. And then he goes to the, he, he's going to the, uh, the crosswalk, and he bumps into an old lady, 
and she spills her groceries all over the ground. She falls down, and he just keeps on walking. <laughs> he sees the homeless man, and he starts berating him for, why don't you have a job? You, you look like you're pretty able-bodied. He kicks some dust up at him. He even says a curse word or two curse words. <laughs> and, even, and then on the way home, he trumps through someone's yard, muddy, and messes up the lawn. <laughs> My dad would hate that. <laughs> Just did that for you. <laughs> Ruin the lawn. <laughs> he even said a curse word. Are you guys... <laughs> Okay, so here's the questions. Are you ready for this? All right. Does the righteous deed that the unrighteous, all the righteous deeds, he did so many things. He helped the old lady. He took the homeless man out to dinner. He gave him $100. He helped the kids. He hung out with them. He was loving, right? Do the righteous deeds that the unrighteous man make him righteous? In right standing with God? No. He has to, what does he have to do? Anybody? He has to accept Jesus Christ. That was good. Everybody was good. <laughs> and not just believing with his mind, but with his heart, with his faith and his actions, start following Jesus, right? Not just believing, because everybody can say, oh, Jesus is, like, even the devil believes that Jesus, but you have to believe with your heart, not with your mind, and that causes action to happen, Right? Does the unrighteous deed that the righteous man does, I'm calling him righteous, even though we, didn't, we wouldn't know it, would we? If we just saw him going down the street, we'd be like, he is a sinner. Does the unrighteous deeds that the righteous man did make him unrighteous? Is that a hard pill to swallow? I'm not righteous, and he's not righteous by his position. He's righteous by his position, not by his performance, not by his deeds and what he does, but his position, which is in right standing with God. And he cannot take himself out of that place. He can continue to do wrong deeds. He can continue to sin, and he'll suffer consequences, natural earthly consequences for doing things there's a curse, there's sin, there's consequences. What you sow, what you sow is what you reap. He, he, he had his eyes on. He was like, I need to say something. <laughs> but you, you will continue, if you continue in sin, you could, even, you could even cause yourself to end up dying, right? Because you're in sin, things happen, there's, there's consequences, but I'm, putting, I'm put in right standing, in righteousness by the blood of Jesus and by faith in the blood of Jesus. Not by what I've done, not by my deeds or my works or my, my not saying a curse word. <laughs> I am put in. That doesn't, I'm not saying this is so you can go out and do it. I'm just saying that this gives you freedom. This will give you freedom. Because you don't have to live by your good deeds anymore. You don't have to try to be good enough. And you'll never be good enough. And that's how you feel. We all know we felt the weight of that at some point. That we'll, we're never going to be good enough. That's because it's true. He's, but he's already made us good enough. We don't have to strive and strive and work on that. We don't have to try to, try to get there because he's already made us in right standing. I'm righteous by my position and not by my performance. And not even by what people think of me. Not by what people think I look like or, you know, because I know sometimes we look good on the outside, but on the inside we don't look great. And we know what we look like on the inside. Well, mostly. Sometimes there's stuff that comes out you're like, ooh, <laughs> need to work on that. <laughs> But we're righteous by our position and our right standing with God and not by our performance and not by our works and not by even some of us, well, all of us are called to do things for him. We're called to do good deeds like we are. But we're not called first. <laughs> 
He wants a relationship and a fellowship, and he wants us to be in that position and to be steadfast and firm in that position first. Because if we're not firm in that position, we're going to be working just to get that grace and not living out of that grace, right? We're going to be like, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm trying to earn your love and your kindness and and I don't want to disappoint you. And so I'm working and trying to do everything you call me to do to earn that. But that's not what you're supposed to do. We're supposed to live out of that place, out of that position of grace. And that place is a place of rest. Such a good place to be. We're not saved by good works. We're saved to do good works. Okay? So many of us say that we do believe in Jesus, but we're not following him. We aren't changing our lifestyle to try and follow him. And good deeds aren't flowing out of us because of our, our position. And so we have, to, we have to remember this. We have to go back and we have to, we have to know that Jesus Christ is our firm foundation. He is our rock our cornerstone, didn't we sing that today? Yes. Rock our cornerstone. <laughs> That's who he is. And he has showered us with grace, right? Um, I want to do kind of a, a thing here. So can I get Jaden, Gabby? Who else? One more. Dead Darian. He wiggled his fingers at me. Oh, I didn't see you, Casey. Sorry. Did you wiggle your fingers at me? Oh. <laughs> All right. Who wants to be Jesus? <laughs> like, um, just I'm the obvious. <laughs> That's right, right. All right, Jesus, come stand over here. All right. You're going to be bad. Sorry. You're going to be good. <laughs> no, no, you got to come back. You got to come back. Okay, so Jaden here, Jaden here. These are accounts, right? So in Romans, we talked about Abraham believed God. He believed in Jesus Christ, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So these are our accounts. So if we think of a bank account, this is kind of like the simpler version just laid out for you, okay? So Jaden, why don't you open up your folder, and let's see what's in your account. Oh, no, here, hold it this way. <laughs> That is a lot of sin in Jaden's account. He's got a lot of sin. Little sin, <laughs> little lies, big lies. It's all sin, y'all. <laughs> but he's got a lot of sin in his account. Jaden. All right, Gabby, why don't you, this is a good person's account. Gabby's got a lot of righteous deeds in her account. Wow, look at that. And then there's some little, there's some little sins, you know. She probably said a cuss word or two. <laughs> she said, mm, no, I didn't. That's why we try to cover our sin, right? <laughs> Don't let anybody see those little sins. <laughs> well, here, show everybody. Open your, open your, yeah, there you go. Perfect. Yes. All right. And then Jesus, let's see what he has. Oh, sorry. Upside down. He has righteousness in his account. He was righteous, and he never sinned. And he did not come into the world in the seed of a man. So there was no sin in him. And so let's turn to Isaiah 64, 6. Because we know that Jaden, he's, he's not going to heaven right now. He's ooh, he got some sin in his life, just like all of us, right? But see, what about Gabby? Do you think she might go to, like, if you polled some people on the street, they would probably say, you know, you have to be a good person to go to heaven, right? The Lord... You probably, you know, you have to be a good person. Got to do good things. Gabby, Gabby seems like a pretty good person. What do you think? She's doing a lot of righteous deeds. But if we look in Isaiah 64, 6, it says, Our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And so what if these R's actually stood for rags? Ooh, ew, filthy rags. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> So even, <laughs> she said plot twist, <laughs> even our righteous deeds that we do, that we try to earn to get to this place, 
They're just like filthy rags. Yuck, right? So she has more rags in her account than you. So, I mean, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so here, we're going to keep going. We have a part two. You can put that one down. I got I to gotta actually. Don't open it yet. And put yours down too. So when Jesus, yes, thank you. When Jesus died on the cross, he went from righteousness. He took all of our sins. You can open it. <laughs> he took all of our sins and all the sins of the world, and they went in his account, right? This is his, his new account right now. <laughs> and then Jaden's, whenever Jaden, he took the sins of Jaden. Jaden is empty now, right? He doesn't have sins because Jesus took them on the cross. Hmm. <laughs> I said, what do you think about that? Uh, that's, good. Oh, that's good? Okay, that's good. That's good. Amen. That's good. That's good. You got a clean slate. But are you going to go to heaven? Why not? Why not? I'm not saved. That's right. Because you have not received his righteousness into your account. Because you have not believed upon him. So when you believe, so whenever Jaden, whenever Jaden, my dad is so funny, y'all. When Jaden believes and receives Christ as his Lord and Savior, have you done that? All right. So you're going to get, can you hold it a little, a little tighter? <laughs> you're going to get righteousness accounted to you for believing. Now, Gabby, I think that you're already saved. You were already, you were already saved. Yes, I am. All right. That's right. She is saved now, and she believed, and so her filthy rags have become righteousness, right? And so Jesus took all of that. You guys give him a round of applause. You guys did amazing. Great job. Great job. Beautiful. You're righteous now. I mean, you were before you came up here, but for the sake of, you know, the, the lesson. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> So our righteousness are like filthy rags, and Jesus takes our sin from our accounts and our filthy rags that we try to make up, and he puts them all on Jesus. God puts them all on Jesus, on the cross. Can you even imagine that? Can you even think about that? Just sit and think about that for a second. All of the things that or wrong, all of our, even our righteous deeds are like filthy rags. Even the good things we try to do. Jesus took them all on the cross. And when we receive him and we believe him, then righteousness is accounted to us in our account. We have righteousness accounted to us. And there's no striving in this. There's just grace, full of grace. It's a gift. He took it, and we just had to accept it. We just had to accept it and take it into our account. You ever tried to, um, what if Andrew told me, well, not Andrew, let's think of somebody else. What if Christina said she wanted to give me $200? And I'd be like, sure. She'd be like, okay, give me your cash app or your PayPal. And I'd be like, okay. And then I never do it. <laughs> Will I receive it? I won't receive it because I didn't accept it. I didn't take it. It's there, she said. She offered it. She, wa she wanted to give it to me. And I feel like that's the same thing with the Lord. Like, he, he extends this gift of grace and salvation and redemption to all. He doesn't wish that any should perish. But we don't accept it, and we don't believe it. We're like, no, she couldn't. He couldn't possibly want to give me that. He couldn't possibly want to save me. He couldn't possibly take away this past that I had. What's the catch? Why, why, would, why would he ever want to take that away? Why would she want to give me $200? I don't deserve that. I was rude to her last week. I spit in her coffee. <laughs> I didn't really, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that is probably, it might not be something that you're aware of and you might get a little shooketh. 
And it might stir up some religious stuff. I don't know. It's not that bad. Don't worry. But people don't go to hell because of sin. People go to hell because of unbelief. Jesus took care of the sin on the cross. So they don't go to hell because of the sin. They go to hell because of unbelief. They don't want to believe in Jesus. They have either rejected him or they don't believe it. It's too good to be true. He couldn't, he couldn't save me. Or they're just disinterested. Or the devil's got him deceived. Man. Man. The Lord is so good, you guys. Let's, do, let's go ahead and do our communion. Today is our family day. And on our family day, we do communion. And um, I think this is, like, super appropriate for communion. Do you not think so? <laughs> communion is all about our covenant with the Lord, and that's a whole nother story. It's funny because last year when I was pregnant, Andrew, when I think it was on a missions trip. That was your first missions trip? Second? Oh, dang. <laughs> I forgot. He was on his missions trip. <laughs> He's been on two. He's on a mission every day. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, but he was on his mission trip, and so I had to preach, or I got to preach. And we talked about the blood covenant. Does anybody remember that, blood covenant? That's all right if you don't. Don't worry about it. That's all right. Nobody was here. It's fine. But the blood covenant is so interesting to me because, and I don't have time to go into all of it, but it's so good, you guys, because... Abraham, who we're talking about today, that it was accounted to him for righteousness. He believed God. He saw Jesus' day, and he, it was accounted to him for righteousness. He also made a covenant with God. That was the first time that God had made a covenant like this with man. And it was really incredible, you guys. And we talked all about how covenant, I think, yeah how covenant works and how you how do you make a covenant and one of it i'll just give you the the lowdown or some of it <laughs> if i can find it i'm the teacher who has all the papers hold on So your step one is you have to take off your coat or robe, and it res, it pres, represents that you're giving. They're giving you're giving all of yourself. You pledge your life to that person. You take off your belt because your belt holds your weapons and your armor, and symbolically, I'm giving you all my strength and pledging support, protection, my ability to fight. If anyone attacks you, they're attacking me. Your battles are my battles. Mine are yours. They'll fight with you to defend you and protect you. And three, you're going to cut covenant. You're going to take an animal. This was old covenant, so take an animal, split it down the middle. But Jesus became our new covenant, right? He spilled his blood for that, right? Then you have to raise your right arm. You have to mix your blood, and your lives are inter intermingling, and you become one life. I know this sounds weird, but this was Old Testament covenant. And God made one of these covenants with his people, with Abraham and with Israel. And that's how they lived until Jesus got here. And then he made a new covenant, same thing, but with us and Israel, <laughs> with Gentiles. That's how we are able to be in the family of God because he cut covenant with us as well. He was like, let me get you guys in here on this too because he didn't want anybody to perish. Then you have to exchange names. So I take your last name as part of my name, and you take my last name as part of your name. And so when they exchange names, Abraham got part of God's name. That's why his name was Abram, and it changed to Abraham. And then you have to make a scar, and then you have to 
uh, give covenant terms like what are the terms of our covenant? So my all my assets are yours, all my money and property, all my possessions. If you need them, you don't have to ask. What's mine is yours. If I die, my children are yours. By adoption, you're responsible for my family. There's a lot in covenant. It was a it was a strong strong bond. It was a strong thing. You get my liabilities if you in covenant. So if I mess up, it's on you too. If I ever get in trouble, I don't go. I don't come ask you for money. I say, "Hey, where's the checkbook?" Because I'm in trouble. <laughs> and then step eight is you have to eat a memorial meal. And I think that is what kind of stopped me in my tracks for a while because communion was their memorial meal. And you just think, "Oh, the Last Supper." It's just they were just having a Last Supper. They just named it that for fun. <laughs> Or just telling us about you know the last time they ate dinner together, but it was it was symbolic. That's why it was included. The Bible is very strategic in what it includes, because even in the the Gospels they talk about how there's so many more stories they could have included and they didn't. They weren't able to, or it would be a larger book and it would be harder. <laughs> it would it would there would be so many you couldn't even contain it. And so when they, he cut covenant with them, he, he ate that memorial meal, right? And that memorial meal was to do this in remembrance of me and remembrance of this covenant that I am I'm making with you. That all that I have is yours and all that you have is mine. And he's taking our sins upon him on the cross and he's going to fight for you and he's going to protect you and we are his family now and we are... We are one. We're taking his name. We are in. And then step nine was to plant a memorial. And so after the meal, during the covenant ceremony, Jesus gathers his disciples to participate in the covenant meal of bread and wine. And then after the meal, Jesus goes out and left a memorial to the covenant. He planted a tree and he poured his blood out. But it wasn't the blood of bulls and goats. It was his own blood. And it wasn't a little nick in his wrist. <laughs> it was all his, blood, all his blood poured out on the foot of the cross. The blood-stained, the blood-stained tree that stands forever as a memorial to the covenant and as a memorial to grace and truth and all of the things that we're talking about today, righteousness. And that's why I think people say, like, you know, don't stay at the cross, but, you know, it's a memorial you need to go back there a couple times just to remind yourself, hey, he did this for me. He did it for me. And you've got to say it with your mouth. We talked last week about how faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I mean, sermons are great. Your friends encouraging you are great. But you have to do what David did and encourage yourself in the Lord. You have to say with your mouth those things that be not as though they are and you have to hear what you're confessing with your mouth so that you can build your faith, right? And so that you can, you, can even, you can even receive that grace. So sometimes we have to hear that this is not by works. It's not because I'm good. It's because I'm yours. It's because I'm in covenant with you. It's not, I don't, I'm not righteous because of my performance. It's because of my position, and we have to say those things, and we have to remember those things. Have to remember those things. This is a memorial. The cross is a memorial for this covenant that we have with the Lord that started all the way back with Abraham. It's interesting how the Lord does it, how he does everything. He's so strategic in all his ways. And all through the Old Testament, he, there's just a thread of Jesus. I mean, obviously, he's the word of God made flesh. He's the living word, Jesus is. But there is such just all of the stories, the analogies. When we talked about blood covenant, we talked about David and Jonathan and Mephibosheth. And you have to decide. You have to decide to receive that grace and to receive that covenant it can't be your family. It can't be your mom, your dad. It can't be a passive thing. It has to be your decision to receive that grace and to accept Jesus Christ into your life. 
And so let's let's go ahead and let me see. Let me just get rid of some of these papers. <laughs> let's turn to First Corinthians eleven, and we're gonna take our communion together. Eleven twenty-three. Sorry if I didn't say that. 23 says, For I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And I bet they were just shaking their heads like, What? (laughs) In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So let's just lift up our bread. And we thank you, God, for this bread, this body that was broken for us on the cross, that you took the sins of the whole world upon yourself. You took all of that sin upon yourself. And you accounted us righteousness because we believe in you and we believe and we accept the blood of Jesus. And we thank you for that, for that body that was broken for us, for our healing, for our restoration, for our deliverance. We thank you, God, for that right now. Let's go ahead and eat together. And then lift up your your cup. And we thank you, God, for the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus that was spilled out as a memorial to the covenant that you made with us. Something that covers us completely. Your grace and your blood cover us completely. Thank you, Jesus, for this righteousness, this right standing with you. We thank you for your blood that just poured out from the cross. That we are able to be in right standing with you and work in partnership with you. And thank you, Jesus, that you are just, you're just becoming more real to us every day. And that our fellowship is getting deeper and stronger. And we thank you for this blood. In Jesus' name. Go ahead and drink. Um, if the worship team will come up and just play something. I just want to give anybody an opportunity. And if our prayer team will come up, I think it would be silly to um, not have an opportunity for you to um, repent or accept the Lord as your Savior and receive that righteousness into your account if you haven't. Um, I think that probably everyone here has, but, you know, that's between you and the Lord, and no one's going to judge you. If you have anything that you've got to you've got to deal with him, because he loves you and he is full of grace for you, full of grace. And you, if you've been living under shame and condemnation, that's not of God. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's not of God for you to be shamed and condemned. He wants you to live in grace, and he wants you to be empowered by his grace to do good works, but not to earn them. And when you mess up, it's not the end of the world. Did you know that Abraham, I don't know that I even knew this, but Abraham, out of fear, but even so, when he went into the Egyptian city, he 
told his wife to act like his sister. And so they took her into the king's court. And the king's court uh, used her sexually. He gave her away twice, even though when he, he was already a believer, right? So we have this notion sometimes that people in the Bible are like amazing and just like so holy. <laughs> but they're not. But their hearts wanted to please God and wanted to be obedient and did. He did move when the Lord told him to move. But there are so many rec- recordings in the Bible of when times when people messed up, like royally messed up, terribly messed up. David's called a man, over, a man after God's own heart, but yet he was watching this lady take a bath. And then he sent her husband to the front line of the war so she would get, he would get killed so he could marry her. <laughs> what kind of person does that? We would be like, what? Are you kidding me? That would be some top news. Can you, can you find, I mean, can you, can you believe that King David did this? That would be a story. But yet he's called a man after God's own heart. And how much more is our grace covering us through Jesus and our new covenant with him? We don't have to do sacrifices. There's not a thousand million laws <laughs> to try to keep, but you know you're never going to keep them. Because we can't even keep the laws that we make ourselves, our New Year's resolutions. <laughs> can't even exercise every day like we told ourselves we would. <laughs> can't not eat that piece of bread. <laughs> Same here. You know, whatever it is that is for you, there is grace for you. And if you need to accept Jesus right now, I'm just going to pray a prayer. And I want you uh, to pray it with me if that is, if you want to accept him and believe on him and accept that righteousness into your account today. So I'm going to pray, dear God, I know that I have sinned and I have filthy rags. But I repent of all my sin and I receive Jesus today as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, thank you for the gift of righteousness. In Jesus' name. It's that easy, you guys. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. So this part is important. If you did say that prayer and you meant it, the altars are going to be open for you for any kind of prayer. But if you receive that that Jesus into your heart, if you believe that, then come down and tell one of these people, say, hey, I just gave my life to Christ or I re- rededicated my life to Christ because you have to confess with your mouth. That's a big, important part of this. It says if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart, then you will be saved. And grace is yours. And if you're already saved and you just rededicated and or or just stepped back into following him and saying, hey, I want to give you my heart again, because grace is there. It's covering you. He didn't leave. You didn't leave grace either. He didn't leave you. You just said, hey, let me shift my heart back to you. And you repent and you turn and fall, go the other way. But if you need any prayer or if any of those things stood out to you, you can come down here, talk to one of these prayer partners and tell them, hey, I gave my life to Christ today. Or, hey, this is what I need prayer with for or this is what I need help with. Whatever it is, we're here to help you. We're here to guide you, to help you um, get some resources if we need to. Um, to be a family, that's what we are, right? Even by covenant, we're family. We're God's family, but we're also family with each other because we are God's family. I love you guys. All right, you can come down now. One, two, three, go.
If you're not coming down front, you just go ahead and stand up and just worship because he's so worthy of this worship. He's so worthy. thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for this time that we've had together just in your presence with you. And Father, I pray that as everyone goes home, that they're going to remember to live aware of your grace. It is not because we're good or we do good things, but it's because we're yours and we're in covenant with you and we're righteous where the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because his righteousness was accounted to us when we believed. And we thank you. We thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Father, that we just begin to confess with our mouths these words and that we begin to live out of them. Bold for you doing the works that you have called us to do and living, being in your presence every day that we come to next week, that we, we have this week and we come back next week expectant to hear from you and expectant to know you more and excited to hear from you and to know more about you, to hear your heart for us and we thank you, Father, for revealing your heart to us through this word, the word of God, the living word. And we thank you, God, that every, all of our family here, watching online or here in the building, that you just keep them safe. That we plead the blood of Jesus as they go out of here, that they are safe. That, Father, all their provisions and needs are met. Father, just blessings blessings upon blessings on their households, even through the holidays, through the COVID stuff, through everything that's going on in the world, that there is peace and grace in our midst, in our hearts. And Father, that we just live out of that place of love and grace with you. And I thank you, Father, for all these things. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys, it's time to go love God, love people, and lead well. You guys are dismissed. You guys have a great week. Uh, make sure that you join a gather group or stay in contact this week. We love you. We're family.